0: No one is is, is, is is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi Thank you everybody. Welcome to First and Pod. I'm Danny Parkins. He is Andrew Filipponi Spencer Ray is our producer. This is First and Pod. Subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. We do every team, every game, every week. Coming to you a little late because of Christmas. Pony, how was your first Christmas with a baby at home?
1: Uh, it was chaotic. There was a lot going on. We did how our house on Christmas Eve and family and then in-laws on Christmas. So it was a lot of work. I don't think I'm uh, over it yet. I'm still pretty exhausted. Uh, I did watch the 49ers and Ravens game on my phone, though, for the most. Of oh, ho, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, because Amanda was, uh, she wanted to watch the Barbie movie. So I had to make a trade, but I still watched. And you were were so anti that game being on Christmas. It's the second most watched Monday night game in the last 27 years. So get ready for more of this stuff. Now I know it was a perfect story. It's Ravens 49ers. It's the team with two teams with the best records, but people didn't, uh, people opted to neglect their families to watch this game.
0: I understand that I never I never once said it wasn't going to do well in the ratings that was never one part of the argument but if did you watch the entirety of all three games that day pretty close actually
1: okay pretty close because the in-laws, There was a lot of fantasy football implications going on with my brother-in-law and my father-in-law. So they watched those two early games like it was Thanksgiving. It was almost that day all over again with them.
0: So obviously this will not be a thing that happens every year. You know, Christmas will fall on a Wednesday or something. And, you know, it's not it's not going to be a thing that happens every single year. And. If it was one game at night, it would be one thing. But I was talking to our buddy Nick Wright about this, and he was on my side of this argument, loyal first and pod listener, and he made a point that I hadn't even considered. The early game, which we'll get to in a a minute, was Chiefs-Raiders. Presumably, there's a lot of Raiders fans in the Pacific time zone. You are kicking that game off at noon central, 10 a.m. on the West Coast? That's Christmas morning, man. Like it's it is just a gluttonous thing to do. And what him and I were talking about, and we've talked about it before, but part of what part of the power of the NFL is that you feel like you have to watch every game, especially if it's your team. If you start putting these games in like sacred family windows, like I can't miss. Christmas with my family, it's one of the only things in my life more important than my Raiders game or my Chiefs game or my Niners Ravens, whatever the case may be. And you miss it and you realize, well, life goes on. That might over time erode a little bit of the specialness of the shield. I know it will always be poppycock. I'm not buying that. Okay. Saturday night. I'm at a party at my friend's house, like a little friend's, like not a friend's giving, but a friend's Christmas party. He doesn't have Peacock for Chargers bills. Followed it on my phone, but they don't all work in sports. We didn't stream it to a TV. We just like went on with our lives. I feel like if people start to realize that they can miss these games, it is just, it's gluttonous. It's unnecessary. It's unbecoming. I don't like it. God, unbecoming. Get out of here. It's unbecoming. Dude, I there's no way with a nearly four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old that I would trade the magic of Christmas morning for Chiefs Raiders. Now, you know, the game didn't start till noon, and they wake up at 7 a.m. So and my wife's a Chiefs fan. So we had the game on, and I work in sports. But the vast majority of the world actually does like their family more than the NFL, believe it or not. You'll get there eventually when, when Stella's a little older. Trust me. Well, I think indirectly you just shot
1: down any chance of working for for CBS or Fox because you oh, no, in studio or working at these places.
0: Like ESPN did studio okay, yeah, shows. Listen, buddy. If, if if Fox wanted to hire me to replace Kurt Menefee and pay me seven figures, then yeah, Christmas. then the magic of Christmas morning goes. right Yeah. The window. Yeah. Then Christmas morning is the twenty sixth in my house that year, and the kids are getting a you know a trip to Disneyland courtesy of Fox. Yeah, of course. But the vast majority of the world doesn't work that way. All right, let's get to the game, Ravens. Niners I believe that that outcome and we were like obviously wrong we thought the rate the Niners were going to win by double digits I said the Niners were going to win every game by double digits I thought they were I thought they were going to be 17 and 0 and they've got four losses already but would you agree that that exact result Baltimore looking dominant Purdy looking awful and a blowout Ravens win in San Francisco was the single best thing that could happen for the NFL in terms of playoff intrigue? Um, You know what? I'm going to answer that question no, and here's why. Wow. I know. I, I,
1: I don't think you could have scripted a better game for the well, playoffs. hold on, hold on. We'll get to the other teams in the NFC, but you still have San Francisco as the clear favorite to win the NFC right now even with that loss? Just I mean, give me a short answer. Yes, yes. Okay. The Ravens now look like they're far and away the best AFC team. And we'll get into the Dolphins matchup when we do the preview pod for week 17, but the stats now on them are are comparable to to, to all-time great teams. They have seven double-digit wins against teams with winning records. That's never happened in the history of the NFL. The next closest is five. They, they 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 surrender 16 points per game. They lead the league in sacks. They have right now the favorite to win the MVP. They have a coach who's won a Super Bowl and been coach of the year. They look like a juggernaut team now who people looked at, I think, somewhat cynically before this game. But now that they have a win like this, I think all of the other numbers that were around them that showed, hey, this is a really special team. Well, now you look at those, and with this on top of it, like they're a they're an they're an excellent team, Danny. It looks like we have two far
0: and away great teams now after this okay. game. Good. That that proves my point, though. Do you think a rematch would be bad? A rematch would be incredibly compelling. No, but- I n- no, but I just, I, I feel like
1: in, in the way that any given Sunday trope works, like, yeah, one of these two teams could lose, but they look like they're on a collision course to play in the Super Bowl now. That's all.
0: Okay, well, first of all, if they played in the Super Bowl, that would be awesome. If they played in the Super Bowl and the inverse result happened, Niners blew out the Ravens, I don't think we'd be as excited for that game. Now, if we get that game again. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm 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 much more into that as a potential Super Bowl matchup. And while I think the Niners are the clear-cut favorite, I mean, four turnovers from Purdy, I mean, that that does absolutely bring into play something terrible happening in the NFC playoffs. Quarterback controversy, just like you know, it's Rocky Four. He's not a machine. He is a man. Like when you see that he bleeds, like you, you saw a little bit of fallibility in the Niners. That
1: matters. Unfortunately though, the two teams that are next in line behind them, they've played this
0: year and they've blown out both of them in Dallas and Philadelphia. That's true. But now you at least have film where you can say, look, this team is beatable. Like you actually believe some, if someone else did make them look pedestrian, I feel like that helps the other teams. We got to talk about Lamar though before we get to the other games. And I know we're going long early. Lamar, as you mentioned, is the favorite for MVP. And we've talked about this. By the eye test, I've said for a long time that I think he's been the best player in the league. You this know, I kind of called this.
1: I said this to you, that even though the numbers weren't there, Baltimore went there and won. He would be the favorite to win the MVP. Yep. And that's exactly what, what happened here. And they're saying the hell with the numbers Look at what he just did and look at the team's record, and that's what matters. It's kind of an
0: old-school baseball MVP argument. Right, and I love it, but two things on it. One, the numbers aren't there. If he wins it and Tyreek Hill goes for 2,000 yards. He's not going to, though, now. He's got 1,600 yards with two games left. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. He's got, what, 21 touchdowns this year? So does Mostert. Okay. So neither one of those guys, like we are, we are in the midst of a shot at breaking Calvin Johnson's single season receiving yards record. He'd have to have two monster games, but a shot at it. And we've got a special season from McCaffrey on a one seed and here's Lamar without the spectacular numbers. If there was ever going to be a non quarterback to win the award, Again, it would be this year. I feel like if Lamar ships this award, which I have no problem with, I've said for eight weeks, eye test tells me he's been the best player in the league, but do you not think that they should just say this is a quarterback award? Because if a non-quarterback can't win it this year, it's probably never happening.
1: It's a compelling argument. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, You know, the thing about Baltimore is that their defense has been so dominant, but they don't have one guy who sets himself apart like the defensive tackle who i think what's his name Inwabuke, like like i have a hard time with his name registered a sack in every game hamilton at interceptions like I, I, they don't even have a defensive player of the year award candidate so i guess what i'm saying is like it's not pretty just, good
0: defense though man <laughs>
1: that, no that's what i mean like it's not like it's, it's not like lamar to me, it's not the same thing as like what Josh Allen has done with Buffalo, but the record just isn't as good. Um, You know, I would be – I'm still of the mind that if I were voting, if I was the person that had a vote here, I would still do McCaffrey even though they lost this game. Just because I've seen what San Francisco looks like with and without him
0: this year. I think that – listen, I think that that's reasonable. He won't win, uh, but I think that's reasonable. Can I give you one more on Lamar? Sure. One more thought on Lamar. So it's been in vogue in NFL Twitter this week. Barnwell was tweeting about it. Mina Kimes was tweeting about it. Bomani was tweeting about it to re legislate teams not trying to get Lamar this offseason. Yeah, I saw that. And I said at the time, you know, Lamar's amazing, his best is as scary as any player in the NFLs, but he had only played 12 games each of the last two years. He was coming off a 62% completion percentage, and they were overhauling the coaching staff to hope that he would be a much better passer, and that was a risk, but that he was more valuable to Baltimore than other teams, and I understood not wanting to give up two first-round picks and a $250 million guaranteed contract for a guy who had not been consistently proven as a passer. And in fact, since his MVP year, had actually declined as a passer. That was what I said at the time. I still feel that way. Lamar has proven us all wrong. Obviously, he's maybe going to win the MVP. But what I do think is fascinating about it is that Washington, Atlanta, Carolina, they all leaked to various reporters that they weren't interested in Lamar Jackson. And you don't see that unless it's like, oh, this team's not interested in drafting Jalen Carter. Like, Jalen Carter's not on our board. Uh, Or, you know, we're not going to bring in Colin Kaepernick for a workout. No one this offseason is going to be like, we wouldn't draft Caleb Williams. You know, like it's, you, why, why leak to reporters that were not interested in a guy? I feel like the only time I see that in NFL reporting is when it's someone with a issue and I don't mean to equate what happened with Kaepernick with with Jalen Carter. But I if I only would use Kaepernick, it's like a radioactive name. But my point is, is that like idea of a distraction for whatever reason, some sort of negative thing for whatever reason, that's when you see teams take their name out of the running for a guy. And teams took their name out of the running for Lamar Jackson for like no known reason. And all three of those teams look completely ridiculous today for not making an offer to Lamar Jackson. Uh, I do remember when Peyton Manning was a free agent, Mike Holmgren,
1: who was running the Browns at the time, said that they weren't interested. So there is okay. like one other time where I just don't remember That's a good that one. happening. Like, what are you doing? You're the Browns. Why would you not even want to do your due diligence on one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? But you agree, uh, right?
0: Nor- yeah, normally it, when it, a team publicly it, it says is, it is, but let me Sean just, Watson or something like
1: that. Right. Let me just say, like, those teams are obviously – in purgatory with quarterbacks and shouldn't be closing doors preemptively but for the people that are already doing the Jackson victory lap and look, if I had said he was going to be a great player this year and he was going to be a perfect fit in their offense I would probably be doing it too but let's just also say stay tuned here I mean if they lose in the playoffs or they lose to Miami like the season's not done yet they're still they they still gotta play Miami, they still gotta play the Steelers, who they have a hard time beating. Jackson stinks against them. And let's see, let's see it happen in the postseason. I mean, if they get to the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl, then I think doubly what we talked about, all of it will be true. But we're not there yet with him. He
0: still has to have postseason success. Okay, but if he wins a second MVP, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Okay. I'm so I mean great <laughs> he'll be a two-time MVP at what 25 yeah sweet I mean that yeah no that is sweet that is sweet that is that is something that all of those teams all of those teams right now would give up two first round picks and that contract for Lamar Jackson to be their quarterback this version of Lamar Jackson all of them regardless of what happens in the postseason. do you disagree? No, I don't not with those okay. teams. Well, that's what I'm saying that I just, he is, I think he's already proven them wrong. And then yes, we'll see how great he ends up being. But anyway, there was just a ton that I wanted to get to there off the top. So uh, on the other side, stay tuned. Is there any reason to believe the chiefs are going to bounce back other than they're the chiefs and the rest of the games. It's first and pod. All right, here we go. Thank you for being with us. First and pod chiefs and Raiders, pony. Any reason to believe the Chiefs can turn it around other than they're the Chiefs?
1: Uh yeah, I think there still is actually. Like I'm not I'm not somebody that feels uh bullish on them. I mean, it's just been it's been dreadful watching them play. They've got seven games where they've scored, I think, under 21 points this year. Their last three or four games out, you add up their points, they're fewer than my Steelers have scored. I mean, they are just truly right now. An atrocious offense, even with you know, missing pieces. You know, I just never thought as long as Mahomes was healthy and Andy Reid was calling the plays, that it would stoop to this low of a level. But their defense is second in the league. And I think Mahomes can have it click and figure it out where they could win a couple of games in January. But I could also see it go the other way where they get bounced in the first round. Um Gun to my head, though. When you say, "Can they turn it around?" I think what you're really asking me at this point is, "Will they win a playoff game?" Like you're not asking me, "Are they going to win the Super Bowl?" Right? I mean,
0: that's is that? I mean, can listen, they obviously question can, out. They, they they can win the Super Bowl, I think, but I don't have a much better argument other than Mahomes, Reed pedigree. They've done it before. If
1: I've said this before about Buffalo on the podcast, on the show. If it's, if Buffalo makes it at the very best, I would have them third. I would give them the third best odds in the conference behind the Ravens and bills. We
0: should note that the Raiders defense top 10 in the NFL bordering on top five, like held the chiefs to 14, the chargers to 21, Lost 3-0 to Minnesota. Yeah, lost 31-17 to the Chiefs, but it was a great half and then a bad second half. Uh, Miami lost the game, but only allowed 20. Jets before that allowed 12. Giants before that allowed six. Like They've put up basically a half a season of defensive football that's saved for the second half of that game against the Chiefs in Vegas incredibly impressive okay but that's not like I I, that's to me that's
1: that's hindsight or Monday morning quarterbacking the Chiefs scoring 14 points they were a 10-point
0: favorite in the game you know I'm saying that I was not giving Vegas credit for being a disruptive defense and then you actually look at the last seven game sample and for 24 of the 28 quarters that they've played they have been an impactful defense that has held teams well below their season scoring average. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just a, that is a rep. That is a sample that, that matters, but no, I think the chiefs, we need to, we need to retire the like, well, someone will step up. It'll be rice or it'll be Kelsey. Or it'll be Pacheco. Like they're just not good. It's not a good group of skill position guys. Philly and New York. Can the Eagles win the Super Bowl? I, no, like, I don't. I don't think so. I there's something off about them, and we've talked about their pass defense. Um, Hurts. They put up a monster yardage game, but it just the passing felt flimsy, and this is like a harsh critique, but a little lucky. And I just, I just don't. There's something off about them where I'd be really surprised if they won four playoff games. I'd be very surprised at this point. I think there was a brain drain there. I think the Steichen thing to Indianapolis
1: is huge. We're seeing the effect he's had on that team. Uh, Johnson, the play caller there, has gotten shredded by the Philadelphia media uh, as a guy that's doing a terrible job. Sirianni had to demote his defensive coordinator and promote Matt Patricia on that side of the ball the the coordinator problem in Philadelphia i think losing two guys to head coaching gigs has hurt this team uh a lot uh hurts is not the player he was last year not just from a mobility standpoint where he's not moving as well but the interceptions have been there the defense we've we've talked we talk about it every week on this show it's it's last year it was The best defense in the league at getting pressure on the quarterback this year, even with the Jalen Carter addition among teams that are set to make the playoffs, I would put them right near the bottom with Detroit as worst defenses that are going to be a part of the playoff field. So no, I mean, you can win a Super Bowl with an average defense. You can't win one with a bad defense. And that's how I would describe the Eagles right now.
0: I agree, and we're not going to get this, a chance to see them improve with the rest of the regular season schedule in terms of anyone that they play that's legitimate. Uh, all right, I used my more about the win or the loss for Cowboys and Dolphins.
1: Well, I think it's more about the win for Miami because Miami now puts itself in position with a win against Baltimore to get the one seed and it keeps them in a position now where they still have some uh pad between them and the bills for the division. They clinched a playoff spot. They lose that game with Baltimore and Buffalo left, they're not a lock to make it. They could have end this they, they could have ended the season on a three-game losing streak to those teams and they're out at 10 and 7 with bad tiebreakers. That could have happened for them. So that's why it's big that's why that's humongous I mean the Cowboys still clinched a playoff spot and with the Eagles easy schedule that you just brought up they probably weren't going to win the division anyways with you know even with that win in Miami so for the Dolphins I think it's huge I mean they did wanted to avoid the uh, free fall that they had at the end of last year at least last year they had an excuse because of two his concussion problems this year there is no excuse and they finally beat a good team, and it was in an unorthodox way, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world for them. That with the the total in the game was in the fifties, they held Dallas's offense to twenty points. Yeah, they got to score more points, but I'd like where their defense is trending—that they held them to twenty and they didn't even put Jalen Ramsey on uh, C.D. Lamb the entire game, and it still ended up working out for them. I listen. I think
0: that your answer is the the correct side the very brief Dallas argument that i would make is you hold Miami to 22 you need to win like that that's just a you're you're supposed to be the high powered cowboys offense with Dak Prescott who was an mvp candidate for 50% of the year with a top 10 wide receiver with an offensive head coach you, that's a that's a game that dolphins 22 points you need to win that game with what you've invested and it just I don't know. Call it recency bias, but it reaffirmed my belief of the low ceiling of that coach quarterback tandem for me. That's just a that's a bad output for them, man. They should win that game. You should win that game. You didn't have a ton of turnovers. It was right, one turnover, sacked four times. That's just a lot of punts. That's a lot of punts. I think you've set a
1: record for flip flopping on a team in a season with Dallas this year.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yes, I admit it. I fully, fully admit it. But I mean, come on, the Miami Dolphins scored twenty-two points against the Cowboys. What do you think Dallas wins that eight out of ten times? And that's just like that one variable that I give you. They they should score more than twenty-two points against Miami, and they needed to do it, and they didn't. I just they're, they're, well, if they they don't they're, on the road, and now there's even this weird
1: uh, bit like budding group of football experts who say they can't win on grass either which is one of the strangest things I've heard people repeat and the numbers actually bear that out over the last
0: few seasons that the synthetic that the synthetic turf they're faster and all that yeah yeah Yeah. I don't know
1: all right ask me the next one and then I'll do the one after that for
0: you yep our teams are the next two games all right Steelers and Bengals Pony the floor is yours there's a lot going on here what is the state of the Steelers reinvigorated? Oh boy. By the uh,
1: least likely human being. And that is one Mason Rudolph who had a Ben Roethlisberger S game against Cincinnati. And I keep hearing, well, the Bengals uh, defense blows. Okay. Well, they held Indianapolis to 14 points a few weeks ago, and that's a top 10 scoring offense in the NFL. Uh, huge for them. Uh, Rudolph is going to get another shot to play. It's, to me, what you have to do in this situation when you're still alive for the playoffs and there should be some urgency to win uh, because of the Steelers' playoff drought that goes back to 2016. They haven't won a playoff game then. Rudolph, I I thought he'd play well, but even even as someone that was um, bullish on him, He even impressed me. He stood in the pocket. He made plays. He delivered the ball downfield. To have that amount of rust, not having played since the middle of 2021, and to look that polished, I thought was uh, a testament to him and his dedication while being a third-string quarterback for most of the time. And uh, gives the team – they needed a spark. And he provided that. And good on Tomlin to not just give the job back to Pickett
0: because of where he was drafted follow-up question the spark from my eyes anyway seemed to largely be george pickens yes um if george pickens because you can't say if every receiver had pat mahomes every receiver doesn't get pat mahomes but like if george pickens had dak prescott kirk cousins you know the the 10th best quarterback in the nfl are we talking about him as a top 15 wide receiver in the league no it's a and that's loaded a great, position.
1: That's a great question, but I just don't think he gets it. I still don't think that the uh, the production was uh amazing. He had two touchdowns of over 65 yards Antonio Brown never did that in a game. And he was just dude studio. he
0: he made NFL defensive
1: backs look slow. Yes. But it's hard to do. I know, but I still I still don't think he understands the depth uh, to which he offended not just fans and media, but his own teammates. If you had taken a vote in that locker room after the Indianapolis game, I don't think his teammates would have wanted him to play. I don't think so. What about now? I, well, I think that there's also a side of it where this this is the worst possible outcome. Because now he's back to thinking, like, I don't need, I'm, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I don't need benched. I don't need punished. I don't need disciplined. This is how good I am. So I think it it adds to that complex, that kind of narcissistic thinking. It's just, and I don't think it's because Steelers fans are scarred by Antonio Brown. Uh, There's other guys, whether it's Chase Claypool, Martavis Bryant, there's just been too many players like this that have walked through here. So I kind of think I know him when I see him. And I just think this is a guy that is going to tantalize football fans with his abilities until he retires. Like, I think he's going to have a handful of games like this over his career that remind you what's in there. But I think the number of times where he either has a bad game or doesn't try as hard might equal or exceed what we saw against the Bengals. So I don't think the problem's solved with him. Uh, Bears and Cardinals. I didn't know this. The Fields versus Lamar
0: comps are prevalent. Hmm. What okay. does Danny Parkins make of them? Okay. So my buddy, Kevin Lapka, tweeted this out. He's a big Fields guy. Fields, Do I know him?
1: Does he work in the media, or is he a kid you he, went to high school with?
0: No, he works at The Score and, like, digital. He does our digital stuff. But he's great. And he's got a tweet that's gone very viral locally. Fields v. Lamar lasts 17 games. And he notes that one is about to win the MVP, while the others future with the franchise in doubt. Okay, this last 17 games. Justin Fields, 29 total touchdowns. Lamar, 24 total touchdowns. Fields, 4,192 total yards. Lamar, 4,449 total yards. Fields, 19 giveaways. Lamar, 15 giveaways. Fields, 84.7 rating. Lamar, 94.3 rating. Okay. So obviously comparable. Fields obviously trending upwards. And I respect that and I love Lamar and I understand the discourse that's happening. Just patience. Look, build around Lamar, see what happens. Give him a passing offensive. That's competent with coaching. See what happens. Draft wide receivers. Look what happens. I get it. Fields has never shown consistently the passing upside that Lamar has shown. When you do total yards, the whole point is is that the running thing has an expiration date. You need to show it as a passer with a degree of consistency. And while Lamar, the last couple of years, has been inconsistent, he did have 36 touchdowns against six interceptions as an MVP. Fields has never come close to that. And so the Bears, I think, are going to move on from Justin Fields. And I think Fields is going to start in the NFL next year for another team that's going to be thrilled to have him. And whoever the Bears draft, Caleb Williams or Drake May, there's going to be a real variable, whether it's 10%, 30%, 50%, whatever, that that player ends up being worse than Justin Fields. And if that happens, those of us that are advocating moving on are going to have egg on our face, and Ryan Poles, who actually will be staking his reputation to it, will be fired. But I think you have to remove yourself from the amazing stuff that Fields can do athletically and say, is he going to be able to do that in five years? Is he going to be able to do it in 10 years? And do you think that as he gets more expensive, he's going to develop quick enough as a passer and you're going to hit on the next coach correctly that can unlock it for him? It's just a lot of things, as opposed to young quarterback who's cheaper, who's got a higher ceiling as a passer. Like to me, that is fudging the numbers a little bit to make him seem closer to Lamar than he is when Fields has never shown Lamar's ceiling as a passer, except for a data point here and a data point there. But it's every week, man. Every week, there's something like this that makes this, that illustrates how tough of a decision this potentially is. I would just add that if part
1: of the future of the quarterback position in Chicago is that the coaches get blown out of there too because you want to give that player better coaching and a fresh opportunity, I think the same uh, thought should apply to Fields. I just have questions about whether or not he's been put in positions to succeed the entire time he's been there. And even though the personnel has been better there this year, I still don't think he's been given the type of coaching that you would want to give a young quarterback. Definitely in, not. In new, and in a new place, I think he has a chance to correct some of those passing game problems that you touched on.
0: Definitely. I, I I agree completely. It is not entirely fair to Fields, but it's the reality given that they have the number one pick.
1: Bucks and Jags. Okay, this is interesting. What odds would you want for a Baker is
0: back and Peterson is gone parlay? Okay, so... Baker's back. Ba- like Baker's gonna be Tampa's quarterback next year. I'd put that at like 90%. Do you agree? If not higher? Yeah, I do. Okay. So basically the question is Is Doug Peterson in play to get fired? No. Because you say no? No. I is don't that think simply so. because a bunch of other coaches are gonna get fired. Because that's a terrible performance. That's a terrible, talking- terrible, terrible performance.
1: couple things in play here. Obviously, what happened with Urban Meyer, and he's owed a ton of money, and the way that that situation went south on the owner there, I don't think he wants to pay another coach not to work. They've lost four somebody.
0: straight games.
1: I don't think he wants to fire somebody off of one bad year. I know they've lost four straight games. There's also been, and I know this hasn't been their, the the, enti- the entirety of their problems, there's also been an injury question with Lawrence in like every single one of those games, concussions, yep. shoulders, uh, knee, ankle. So I think that that's the way they're going to, when this season ends in disappointment, that's going to be the way that they uh, excuse their uh, collapse that Trevor Lawrence played through injury, but was not a hundred percent and was not himself.
0: All right. So I um, would say I would
1: put it like you said odds. I think it's like fifty to one.
0: Fifty to one. Yeah. No, I okay, I don't well, think there's
1: any. I don't think unless Peterson does something, you know, basically def- defies his owner and, and and says the hell with you. I'm going to do something that you don't want and res- and uh, thumb my nose at your authority. I think that he's back almost no matter what. They could lose out, and
0: I think he's you back. you want to put up a thousand against my twenty. No. Okay, okay, I didn't, I didn't think so. It it ain't fifty to one, buddy. The players are coming out after the game and saying it's like we don't practice. That is, I still don't think there's any shot he gets fired. Okay, I listen. I don't think it's going to happen. But if four losses turns into six, I do think it's on the board. It's it's Tennessee and Carolina to close. Those would be horrifying. It's it ain't fifty. I can tell you it's not fifty uh we've got the bad games we still have Detroit Minnesota Josh Allen for MVP and uh if the Browns can win a playoff game more first and pot after this all right Pony Browns and Texans would you pick the Browns to win a playoff game as it sits right now
1: yeah because I think they're going to get matched up against the AFC South winner Yep, And whether that's Indianapolis, who they've already gone in there and beat this year, and that was with P.J. Walker at quarterback, or Jacksonville in the way that they've stumbled to the finish line, I would take them in either game right now. Uh, Now, look, Flacco easily, at some point, this could strike midnight, and he could turn back into the pumpkin. And once it starts with him going downhill, I could see it getting worse and snowballing on them. I think that's totally possible. But with as good as their defense is, with the way Njoku's playing right now, their offensive line has gotten through, has gotten by, um, and and has gotten by with uh, injuries and uh, been able to overcome them. And to do this without Nick Chubb, one of the best players in the entire NFL, is a testament to the uh, overall roster that they've built there and uh, the decision to bring Flacco in. So you're right. So yeah, I would pick them to win a playoff game and get to the divisional round.
0: I would too if it ended if it if it if it went chalk the rest of the way and you give the edge to the home teams, AFC playoff picture would be Ravens with a bye, Buffalo at Miami in the 7 2, Indy at KC in the 6 3, and Cleveland at Jacksonville in the 5 4. I like all three of those storylines for the AFC. Like that'd be a horrifying loss for the Chiefs if they lost to the Colts. The Browns clearly could win. And Buffalo-Miami, obviously, division game. NFC, I don't love the storylines as much. Uh, I think we're pretty much locked into Dallas at Tampa. Then Seattle at Detroit and Rams at Eagles. It's not bad, but I'd rather, as we've talked about, it be Rams in Detroit and uh, Seattle in Philly. But uh, obviously, two weeks, things can change. But that's if it goes chalk uh, the rest of the week. I would
1: pick three upsets there. I would take Buffalo to beat Miami. I would take the Browns to beat um the, J- the, jags. the jags and i would take the um i would take the rams to beat who did who did you have the eagles pick? uh no i'd pick the cowboys to beat the bucks would be the third one for me but i mean that would be an upset by seed only
0: that would yeah. not be an upset with the spread. No, you're
1: right they'd be favored yeah um bills and chargers you ask can josh allen win the mvp you think there's an argument for that
0: uh yes I do, I think there's an argument for it. I think that he is Buffalo's offense. I think statistically, with some of the counting numbers, he's going to finish better than Lamar Jackson. And if he ends up getting, you know, if they if they win out, I'm pu- I'm pulling it up right now to have it. I mean, he's thirteen to one. Lamar's minus one seventy five. McCaffrey plus four seventy. Tua plus nine hundred. And Josh Allen at plus thirteen hundred. I don't think Tua can win because of Tyreek. I'm not positive McCaffrey can win because he's a running back and there's and there's Purdy on the board. All it really takes is Josh Allen to ball out the last two games over Lamar in a decided and make the numbers have enough of a discrepancy there. And yeah, I could see Josh Allen winning it. And the argument would be what you alluded to earlier: the Ravens defense is much better. Uh, than the Bills, and Allen is doing more with less than Lamar is. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he hasn't won one. I think you're selling two a short in this because uh, if the
1: Dolphins beat the Ravens, then the Dolphins clinched the AFC East. And that game against the Bills in the last week of the season, they would still be playing for the number one seed. But Buffalo couldn't win the division. And I think the only way that Allen would leapfrog – Tua in the voting would be a win uh, the division, but then that would mean Baltimore beats Miami and then Lamar is right back in the MVP driver's seat. I do think if Miami wins the next two games, unless it's just like an all Tyreek affair and he's just far and away their best player, I think if it looks like it did against Dallas, but instead of scoring 22 points, they score like 30, I think Tua could win the award. If, they, Man, finish, I
0: disagree. if I would... they
1: finish with the best record in, in in football and they beat the team that just blew out San Francisco, and then they beat Buffalo, the quote unquote team that no one wants to play, and they finish the season 13 and four. I think he can win the MVP. I think he's got better a better shot than Josh Allen.
0: All right. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Allen's got a better shot at it. I mean, in that very specific scenario that you outlined. Uh, then sure, there's a path, but that is not a path that I would bet on uh, at that number. Lions and Vikings is Detroit back. If the argument is they're going to win the division and a belief that they're going to win a playoff game, how they've played the last two weeks, 42 against Denver, 30 in Minnesota, that's the recipe. Scoring 30 or more, being a top five offense in the NFL, in their building on the fast track of the dome like that. That is how they win and how they would talk themselves into being able to beat anybody by outscoring anybody. So by the not not Super Bowl, not the NFC bet that we have, but like, you know, just successful season winning the first home playoff game in Detroit in 30 years yeah, I think they're back on track for that because of their offense.
1: Yeah, they're they've won eleven games. The record in a regular season there is twelve. They're going to host a playoff game for the first time since nineteen ninety three. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd say they're back. Um, you know, I, I don't have great uh, hopes for them to win multiple playoff games, but just the response to what they did against Minnesota, the way that the team uh, was emotional afterwards, the way that the Lions fan base has reacted to it. Yes, I would say they're back because I did think there was a chance on Thanksgiving when they lost to Green Bay that this whole thing was going to collapse and they were going to possibly miss the playoffs altogether. Colts and
0: Falcons. You think Shane Steichen's the coach
1: of the year if they make the playoffs?
0: So normally there's not much value betting the awards market this late in the year. But... Does this well, make- if you bet Lamar
1: Jackson before Christmas night, they would that would kind of fly in the face.
0: <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. There are two games left. Two games left. Does it make any sense to you that Kevin Stefanski is plus one thirty, Dan Campbell is plus two forty, and Steichen's all the way down at plus six fifty? Really? Yeah. Does that make any sense? What? Why is why why is Stefanski? so much more responsible for what's happening than Steichen is. And Campbell, like, who I like and a great culture guy and a great leader, but again, it's their offense over their defense. I mean, if Indy does this, man, with a backup quarterback, I know it's a bad division. I know it's not that impressive in terms of the teams they've beaten, but explain to me why that's not – Three coaches with relatively even odds, and why he is, you know, I get 40 extra cents on the dollar.
1: I said this about him before he was even really considered for the award. This is going back like a month ago. I just don't think it's sexy enough. I don't think there's enough narrative appeal to what's going on there. Stefanski resurrects Joe Flacco, a former Super Bowl winning quarterback who was on the couch. Campbell authors a turnaround for a Moribund franchise that had been a laughing stock for, you know, forever. They've never been to a Super Bowl. So I think those stories trump what's happened in Indianapolis. But as far as, like, impressive coaching job, look at the Browns' odds to make the playoffs and the Lions' odds to make the playoffs before the season started and compare those to Indy. And then they lose Anthony Richardson. I mean, what the Colts have done – As far as what we, okay, what did a coach do with the team? My opinion, he did a he's done a better job than both Campbell and Stefanski. Not and it's in in Campbell's case, it's not close. Campbell's done what people thought he would do with the Lions before the season started. Right. My
0: my my biggest bet of the year was Lions to win the division. Right. If he was not anybody paying attention to what the Lions did last year, knew they were clearly the best team in the division, dude. If the if the Colts beat. Vegas and Houston, and both those games are at home. They will have won seven of their last nine games. Double digit win season for them. I just I plus six fifty is a good number, man. I know that's a good number for this late in the year for a guy who I have. Like, it's not like Kevin Stefanski's a sexy guy to <laughs> to get it. Like I don't, I I do not understand why it's that much longer. But not other than nobody knows what he looks like. Give me the last one here because I've got an I've got
1: an answer on this question that you posed for these hodgepodge of teams.
0: All right. So I put four games games together, Patriots, Broncos, Seahawks, Titans, Packers, uh, Packers, Panthers, and commanders jets. What if anything matters from the teams that played that aren't going to the playoffs? I I'm stunned that
1: you would lump Seattle in with those teams, not making the playoffs. I think if they beat Pittsburgh and beat Arizona and get to nine wins, they're probably going to get in.
0: So I think I, that. I mean, I, get, I get that that is, I guess, probably true. But I would wanted to lump some together because I had so many hot <laughs> Niners and Ravens takes. Yeah,
1: uh, and I think Green those Bay- takes were
0: great, by the way. And I think Green Bay.
1: I don't know what their odds are to make the playoffs. That's I feel like thing. there's a path for them where NFC teams blow it in the last two weeks here, where they get into. And that game was cl- was too close to comfort. If I'm a Packers fan, but their offense, Aaron Jones had a big game. Uh, even though I don't think he scored a touchdown, but he was denied at the goal line a couple times. Was very involved with wide receivers hurt. Love still played decently enough. They've got Minnesota in Week 18. I know that I, I'm not. Or they've got we, they've got them on uh, New Year's Eve night. Excuse me. Uh, and then the Bears right in Week 18. Is that right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Bears, Packers. That yeah. Season.
1: I think they can win out and go nine and eight, and then get tiebreakers. What's what? Do you have their
0: odds? I couldn't find no. it. I couldn't find it on the fly. I apologize.
1: But I'll just say, just to, to among this like group of sorry teams, I think two of them can still get in: Seattle
0: and Green Bay. I would just like to thank the Packers. I was rooting for them against the Panthers. Helped the Bears tremendously for the number one pick and the need- Patriots
1: for playing their way out of a quarterback the last couple of weeks. How about that? Yep.
0: Yep, com- complete insanity. All it's going to take is Jacksonville to beat Carolina at home and the Bears get shipped the number one pick with no Week 18 drama. How amazing is that? That is that is remarkable. All right, man. Good All stuff right. here. Better late than never on this one. Yep, Merry Christmas. Appreciate the audience for understanding. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our, our producer. Uh, you can still give us a belated gift of a five-star review. Tell a friend, first and thought, peace.